In light of being from the good old USA, we talk about freedom an awful lot, right? And just the other day, I heard somebody say, hopefully it's a joke, to remember to sin because otherwise, Jesus died for nothing. And that statement blew my mind. That statement actually blew my mind. I was like, this better be a joke, right? Because Jesus dying on a cross doesn't give us a free pass to do whatever we want. Welcome to Holy Spirit Soapbox. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about freedom. So the episode is called, What Do You Do With Your Freedom? Knowing that orienting ourselves away from God or sin or sinning is detrimental to our spirit, be sure to listen to five ways to release the chains of sin, that was a previous episode, deliberately sinning is almost more of a smack to the face of Jesus who died for you to have eternal life covering for when we slip unintentionally. When we deliberately sin, that is almost like driving one of the nails into Jesus' wrists. He gives us freedom from death and the chains of a guilty past. But when someone dies for you, what is your response? When that person said, remember to sin, continue to sin, because otherwise Jesus died for nothing, it's just a waste of time, it really tells me that when somebody dies for you, responses of the human mind or heart will, be, will vary. So having freedom nowadays has many different definitions. We have certain rights within the United States that grant us freedom to do things, own things, or speak the way we want to, right? This is a slight definition of freedom. But what really is freedom? When Jesus said to telestai, when it was written in Greek, or it is finished, it is paid for, while he was on the cross, all debts are paid. All sin is paid. We don't have to be slaves of sin anymore. We are now free from ever having to worry about the payment for orienting ourselves away from God, which is death and destruction. Put it this way, from a worldly perspective, if you are carelessly walking across a fairly busy street, let's just say, and someone pushes you out of the way of a speeding bus that would have instantly killed you, what would your response be to that person? Whether or not the person has a wish of having you preach about their heroism as they lay there dying, you will most likely remember that moment and that person for the rest of your life. You will learn from the mistake of carelessly walking across the street and remember that person who saved you, right? Wouldn't you? That person may or may not have even known you. Or loved you. They might not have a clue of who you are, but they still risked their life to save you. Most importantly, you didn't have to do anything to live. The person saved you even though you didn't see the bus coming. And you see this all the time. I I saw the news the other day where somebody fell into the tracks of like a subway and a train was coming. And somebody jumped down and grabbed them, pulled them out and, and saved them. But in this case, let's just say that person got you know, got injured. They were the ones that got hit by the train or the bus while you were walking across the street, just minding your own business and being totally oblivious. Now imagine that that person that saved you was God. 
every single day, we carelessly or selfishly walk across a busy street. This God of ours loves us so much that he dove in front of a car or a bus to save us from ourselves. He actually saved us in a more brutal way by being beaten, spit on, and hung on a cross. Because his death can actually save all of mankind from death, he asks for us to tell everyone that they are also saved from that speeding bus and never have to witness death. He asks for us to help participate to save his children with him by using our freedom from sin to preach the gospel. He also asks for us to live it out. You know, let the Holy Spirit move in us, right? So remember, walking across the street carelessly, oblivious or whatever, is not good for you. So remember that and live it out so other people can see that too. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, Paul eloquently writes this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping his one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we love our neighbor as we love ourselves? Of course, there are those neighborly things you can do, like help provide food, water, shelter, aid, etc., which we should all do. However, the gift of freedom from sin or the gift of eternal life on top of all that is much better. When we use our freedom to indulge in the flesh or to try and quench our selfishness, we then focus on self. When we focus on self, we forget about others and God. And when we forget about others and God, we orient ourselves away to the point that we end up leading ourselves into destruction, which leads to death. We also have to understand that freedom is defined in the Bible as being free from having to worry about the things that happen on earth or about our eternal state. We don't have to fear anymore. We don't have to be chained up as slaves to a certain sin. We don't even have to worry about those pesky chains of guilt that hold us back from loving others here. We don't have to worry about money, shelter, food, clothing, because it will all be provided to us. It is provided to us. We even have freedom from the law because when we love God and love people, we fulfill all of the law. Freedom isn't about owning things or doing things you want to do. Freedom is knowing you're taken care of forever because of God's mercy and grace. I would drop the mic, but I don't want to break it, (laughs) right? The old statement of freedom isn't free holds very true. Jesus had to go through pain and suffering and then death to pay for that freedom of ours. With that freedom, we should never take it for granted And we shouldn't go back to our old selfish ways. We should let others know that they are free too. So let's go back to that story. You're walking across the street. You're mindless. You're careless. You're oblivious. Whatever word you want to use. You just don't notice and you don't care to notice that a bus is coming. The bus is coming. The person jumps in the way, pushes you out uh, out of the way of the bus, and then gets hit by that said bus and is now lying there on the ground dying. Imagine just being like, oh, nice, thanks, appreciate it, and just moving on. Just 
doesn't matter anymore. And then not learning from that and just walking across another busy street, mindless, careless, oblivious. It sounds crazy, right? I wouldn't do that. Would you do that? If, if you were saved and understanding that your life could have just ended right there in total destruction, would you just continue on like, oh, all right, cool, and that stinks for that guy, but whatever, or gal, right? Well, they could just lie there and die, but I'm not dead, and I'm just going to keep going and doing the same thing I've always been doing. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. There's some kind of an appreciation that hits you after that where you're like, wow, Somebody was willing to give their life for me and somebody was willing to make sure that I didn't end up total, totally destroyed and in destruction and, and maybe even dead. And this isn't just for people in the United States. It wasn't for just people in Israel. This freedom from death and sin or slavery of sin is for all people, the Jew and the Gentile, as it states in the Bible. And... How, how often do we take for granted the fact that Jesus died for us on the cross? How often do we take for granted that he died for us and they got resurrected up so we, didn't, we don't have to die ever again? We, do we just carry on the way we were doing stuff? Like, ah, you know, after you hear the gospel, after you hear that Jesus died for you and that you can have eternal life and you can actually help change the world and make sure everybody else doesn't get destroyed too by their own sin, you just be like, yeah, cool. I'm just going to keep doing this, this sin that keeps pulling me away from God. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. There's a form of appreciation and acceptance of the Holy Spirit at that point. When you actually firmly realize that and the Holy Spirit is invited into you, that Holy Spirit will slightly convict you to say, hey, remember the time you were walking across the street? Remember the time you're doing that sin and it almost led you to destruction, full destruction and death? Remember that? The Holy Spirit will remind us of that when you accept him to work. But it starts with the recognition of that. And then the appreciation for, for Jesus and what he did on the cross, and then the actual acceptance of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So thinking back to what Paul said in Galatians, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Just be loving. Nobody lacks when you're loving. Nobody lacks. And everybody has something to gain. And that is eternal life. So I have a couple of verses to meditate on. All of these, really important to understand this whole freedom thing, okay? So if you don't have a pen and paper, we will write them in the description so you can have them and refer back to them. But I highly, highly, highly suggest that you go through each of these and meditate, read them, read the context around them as well. Here are your four verses. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. Acts chapter 13, verses 38 and 39. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, really, really focus on this one, especially, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Finally, some questions. And these questions will help you dig into your mind and heart about what you really see as being free. So here are your questions. Question one, what do you do with your freedom as described in the Bible? Question two. 
What are some ways that you might have taken advantage of your freedom for self or for flesh? In question three, knowing you're free from guilt, anxiety, worry, fear, and the slavery of sin and death, how can you use your freedom to love others? Thank you all for joining in today. You are loved by the creator of the world. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if you know that, but you are loved by the creator of the entire world to the point that he died on a cross and got resurrected for you. Okay, now you are free from death. You are free from sin. You are free from the chains and slavery of sin and all the things of the world. So just remember that. And I would love to pray over you right now. If you could bow your heads, take your prayer posture, whatever that looks like. Let's talk to our Father in heaven. Dear God, you are the only one who really grants us true freedom. We are now slaves to you and not to this world and not to sin and not to death. We want more of you and to use this freedom for your kingdom and your will to be done, not ours. God, continue to send us where we need to be sent to be good, loving neighbors, and please continue to use your spirit in us to bear good fruit. We pray that we do not lose sight of what this freedom really means. Your mercy and grace is limitless. And even though we don't deserve it, it's a free gift for all of mankind. We ask these things and we praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.